Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in here to 334 Sports Podcast. We'll be on Bertrand, joined back once again by Ishan Lamba and Connor Margian. As we are here with the fifth episode prior to the World Cup, we, of course, will drop some more as the World Cup progresses. But if you all have been following along with the series, uh, you know exactly what this episode is. If you haven't been following along and you do want to hear a lot more about World Cup, it is coming up in about uh, four days here, actually, which is pretty cool. Um but do uh, be sure to look out through uh, the episodes because we have dropped four previous episodes kind of analyzing um, how we thought each group would go uh, two at a time. But we're here now and we're going to be talking about our brackets. We're going to be talking about some of the accolades that we think are going to go out. Uh, that, of course, being the golden ball for the MVP, uh, you know, top score, uh, golden glove, young player, uh, young player of the tournament. Um, and on top of that, Ultimately, we'll be crowning our winner. So with that being said, and before we get into anything else, gentlemen, do you have last second changes to your groups that you want to briefly talk about uh, before we really dive into how our brackets look? Change, and uh, it's a relatively minor one. Uh, I have our, our group A's are now all the same. I ha- I switched Senegal and Netherlands. I now have Netherlands coming first now, uh, based on the news about Sadio Mane. Uh, it's been back and forth. Originally, it was reported that he wasn't going to the World Cup, that he was, and so he's in the squad, but he's also expected to miss the first couple games, so... It's going to be tough, and uh, Senegal's first match is the Netherlands, so I, I think that uh, the Netherlands are going to win Group A. Um, I was heavily debating uh, changing almost everything with my Group F because <laughs> I really don't think Belgium's that great, and I honestly think Morocco's very good. I don't know, but I've ended up keeping it as it is, but it came very close to sending Croatia to the bottom and even sending Belgium to the bottom. But I decided to stop the overthinking and just going with what I got. Well, as you guys have the sheets in front of you, I have changed a lot. Um, maybe I am too heavily influenced by injury. Uh, maybe some of my opinions are swayed a little too heavily. But I'll briefly explain my changes. First of all, Group A, as Deshaun mentioned, I switched Netherlands and Senegal. We have the exact same Group A, top to bottom, similarly to that of Group C right next to it. Um, and it is all because of Sadio Mane's injury. I was even considering if I put Ecuador ahead of Senegal now, but I don't think I'd go that far. Senegal is a really decent side even without Sadio. Um, so ultimately, Netherlands won Senegal too. They both still qualify. Uh, on top of that, I also changed Group D. I officially have France going out in the group stage. Um, And that's going to be controversial, but a lot of my opinion on this is based off the fact of if you've seen the injury reports, basically like a a whole load of their midfield depth is injured in the World Cup. Kante, Pogba, uh, Bubakar Kamara. uh, And now to add onto that list, honestly, what I think would have been a vital piece of the squad could have been Kunku. And I think if uh, Didier Deschamps is going to stay in his ways and still try to run like a, a 3 4 one, two, I believe, I just don't think it's really going to work without Nkunku and Kante. I just think everything falls apart. So I do have France out in the group station, and I have Tunisia getting out instead. Um, outside of that, there's only one other change, which was a swap from first and third in Group H. I now have Portugal out, Uruguay in. And the reasoning being on this is that I think that there's going to be a lot of animosity in that Portugal squad now after everything that's happened with Ronaldo. Um, I don't think it's a full hatred for Ronaldo, but you can tell literally from some of the media images that have come out, there is an awkward air about Mm -hmm. Ronaldo in that team. And Ronaldo is like the quintessential player of that team. Not saying that Portugal's bad without them. I talked about how good of a squad that is, but with tension of people pro Ronaldo, against Ronaldo, all those types of things, I think there's going to be too much drama in that Portugal squad, and they're not going to be able to get out of the groups. So I have Uruguay just kind of switching in front because I don't think South Korea wants to be. 
that's my explanation for all my changes. I had a lot, <laughs> a lot more changes than I actually expected would happen, but here we are. So, well, the the knockout stages was your controversial take. My knockout stage was the controversial take. I'm trying to think of what that would be, but I I, I guess we'll get there. <laughs> I guess we'll get there. We yeah. do have a lot to go in that knockout stage, but. With that in mind, I'll run uh, you, ladies and gentlemen, through my bracket, and then we'll go to Ishan and Connor kind of as I see it. Um, and then we'll kind of just break off um, and go like, uh, you know, uh, left side, right side, uh, how we'll go until we ultimately get to our winner in third place game. And then that's where we're going to announce the awards, and then we'll get to our winner in uh, third place. So with that out of the way, and all the changes that have come to my bracket, let's go ahead and break down exactly how my round of 16 looks. Currently, I have Netherlands and Wales, Argentina, Tunisia, Spain, Canada, and Brazil, South Korea, all on one side. And the other side has England, Senegal, Denmark, Mexico, Croatia, Germany, and Uruguay versus Serbia on the other side. Okay, and uh, for my bracket, I have on the left side, Netherlands versus USA, Argentina versus Denmark, Germany versus Canada, and Brazil versus Uruguay. And then on the right side, England versus Senegal, France versus Mexico, Belgium and Spain. So that's completely different from uh, the corresponding matchup from Colbjorn, and then Portugal, Serbia. So for mine on the left side, I've got Netherlands, USA, Argentina, Denmark, Spain, Canada, and then Brazil and Uruguay. And over on the right side, I've got England, Senegal, France, Mexico, Belgium, Germany, and then Portugal, Switzerland. I'm taking a brief look through it, but I think we all really only have like one game the same in the round of 16, which is funny. I think we only all have uh england and senegal in our brackets so there is a lot to change um but ultimately we'll get through it here uh as we'll start off with our round of 16 netherlands versus wales uh this one wasn't too hard for me i just went netherlands i think netherlands pound for pound is a better squad and i think throughout this tournament though i think wales is going to show the talent that it has and i really do think that they can put on a good game against the netherlands uh, ultimately, they do not have enough, particularly in the defensive half, uh, to be able to uh, stop that of kind of this European side really getting back into its dominance. Uh, Argentina, Tunisia, Argentina. I'm not going to give any analysis on that. It's just Argentina. Come on. Spain versus Canada. This one was interesting to me because I think Canada has the better offense, but I am going to go with Spain because ultimately Spain everywhere in outside of the forwards uh, has a better side. And I think that Canada coming up against the side that wins its group stage and is going to be very confident going around 16. It's just not going to be a good uh, sign for them. Unfortunately, actually, I may have even had to rotate some things real quick. I do it actually have to be Croatia. Uh Oh, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that because I actually do have to have Spain Croatia. Now that I'm looking at my bracket again, that is awkward. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll get back to that game. Let's just go ahead and get to uh, <laughs> to Brazil, South Korea. I'm going to go with uh, Brazil in that game um, just because I think Brazil, again, has the pound for pound way better side and South Korea would really be relying on so many men. Uh, I just don't think that that's going to be enough. Uh, it's going to, and I typed it wrong, but it's going to be Spain versus Croatia uh, in that one. That's still a really hard game to call. Actually, probably the hardest of this group. Um, but ultimately, I'm going to go ahead and go in that matchup with España, just because I think that, you know, a lot of the reasons I think for Canada, but ultimately I think that they have the better side overall. Uh, both sides, I think, are a little bit weak up top. So that'll be my left-hand side of the bracket. on that that particular matchup um that you mentioned so i think mine would actually be uh germany belgium yeah that seems that that looks right um so oh that's gonna be a tough one then 
Um, going going on the left side, Netherlands, USA, same sort of deal that you said uh, in regards to Netherlands, Wales. Uh, I, I Netherlands are just uh, an overall better squad. I think that the the US might have a, a a bit of swagger, a bit of confidence. So I think that th that matchup, for whatever reason, it gives me like one one after. Uh, 90 minutes and then Netherlands wins in extra time type vibes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think Netherlands definitely pulls it off. Uh, I'd see the only way I really could see the US pulling through is uh, is if it went to PKs. Um, Argentina, Denmark, uh, same sort of deal, just one side is significantly stronger than the other. Um, I, I think Denmark is a lot would put up a lot more of a fight compared to Tunisia against Argentina, but overall, I think Argentina is still vastly better. Um, if it were to be Germany, Belgium, then weighing my options here, I would have to go probably still Germany. Uh, overall stronger side. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think Belgium has the strength to compete with Germany uh, offensively. Yeah, I just, I just don't think they have the offensive weapons to compete with Germany. It'll be tight. I think that would probably be a, a great game that I would really be interested in watching. Um, but if it came, yeah, Germany, Belgium, I'd say Germany. And then uh, Brazil, Uruguay, also going to be a very uh, good matchup. I will definitely be looking forward to it because Brazil, obviously, one of the best teams in the world. And then Uruguay, just a you know, personal favorite team. Um, but Brazil has, you know, Bra Brazil, it's really hard to find a weakness. So uh if the the front line for uruguay can pop off if uh nunez cavani suarez if they can get it going uh you know hats off to them but even if it's like a an offensive shootout i'd still probably see brazil taking it in that case so yeah brazil advances for me so obviously my first game is netherlands usa and Obviously, supporting the USA, it's difficult to say because I genuinely do feel like if the USA had a different matchup, they could advance. And although I do think some of their wide players like Weya and Pulisic can hurt Netherlands, uh, I just don't see like Pacos Ferreira getting by Virgil van Dijk or um, like like you guys were saying, the overall depth of Netherlands is too good. So I would see, so I do definitely see the Netherlands winning in that match. And then we move on to Argentina, Denmark. And I do like a lot of Denmark's players. But I just think overall, they're not going to be able to keep up that momentum for a full 90 minutes like Argentina can. So I think Argentina will move on from there. And then Spain, Canada. I like your point about how um, <clears throat> Spain forwards really do not match up against Canada's because I do believe that is true. But the problem is, is I think Canada's defense really just is not that great. And so I see Spain advancing that pretty easily. And then finally for Brazil and Uruguay, um, it's difficult because right now Uruguay, they got Arujo back. And now Nunes, he's in very good form. But I assume we all have Brazil going very, very far. So I don't think that this Uruguayan team is going to be what stops them. So I have Brazil winning that one. Which is a great thing why we're getting into the second side of our bracket that I don't have Uruguay up against Brazil. Um now, I'm still going to have to talk about that, but we'll, we'll see here. Uh, I do really like that side, but we'll get into it. England, Senegal. Uh, I do believe that if the health of Sadio Mane is as the, the, the uh, staff has been making it out to be, he should certainly be okay by this game. Um, so I, it's interesting, particularly because Mane would be so familiar with quite literally everybody on the English national team. I could see that being an interesting factor in this game, but ultimately England, I think, is the better side. I think England has a lot to prove, um, and they have come so close yet so far 
in international competitions under Gareth Southgate that I think that particularly for this game that that can push them through. Next up, Denmark versus Mexico. Uh, of course, because I have Denmark winning their group. I do have the Danes moving on. Mexico is cursed to not get past the round of 16. And Denmark, ultimately, uh, they have so much to play for with their heart. Um, you know, they, they have to play, you know, they get to play for Ericsson. They have the passion to be able to play everything along those lines. This is just a team that felt like everything in the best way has kind of changed about them. Um, not like they were bad in the first place, but it's just ultimately, I feel like that there's like a newfound vigor in this side. So Denmark goes through for me. Canada, Germany. Now, what, what I was saying for Spain is the same for Germany. However, here's how this changes, in which I think makes things really interesting. And I'll continue to talk about this narrative as we move on. I think Canada, comparatively coming up against Spain, is going to score a lot against Germany, or at least more than people would expect. And I think what this game is going to provide for the Germans is, one, because I do think Germany moves on. One, I think it gives them, you know, that sense of confidence that they can be resilient and get past the side, um, you know, how, no matter how big or how small or whatnot, no matter how far down, uh, that they can get past them. And ultimately, for a side that has been kind of struggling, uh, at least in recent competitions, to kind of find where their goals are going to be coming from, I think that you could see the likes of a Musiala or Nabri or, you know, players along those lines really kind of take the reins against Canada, and it's like, okay, this is going to be our guy for the group stage. This is who we have to feed. So I have the Germans moving on over Canada. And then Uruguay versus Serbia. Uh, I actually have Serbia. Um, I'm actually really big on Serbia as well. These are two of, like, my favorite teams, at, at the very least in a low-key sense. Um, but I just love the build of the Serbian side, and I particularly love the pairing of Vlahovic and Mitrovic. Um, I talked about it in the last episode of how dangerous and how lethal those two really can be together. Um, and it's a duo that, honestly, I think if it does click for Serbia, they could genuinely make a run similarly or similar to that of what Croatia did uh, back in 2018, because they do have the talent to be able to do. It's just a function of if everything comes together for the Serbians. So I do have them winning uh, to take on Germany in the next round. England-Senegal, uh, again, mentioned that's probably the matchup we all have in common. Uh, same sort of deal. Sadio Mane is expected back for this game. Um, but I, I think that England has sort of had a, uh, a positive shift in fortunes in uh, international competitions. They did well in the last Euro. They did well in the last World Cup as well. Uh, made it further than a lot of people expected them to. I think they they placed fourth in 2018, and then, of course, lost in a heartbreaking fashion in the Euro finals. Um, so, I I think that the team, as it is, they play well together in in group stages and in the early stages of the knockouts. It's just uh, you know when it comes down to it. Later on, it's going to be a lot more difficult. But again, Senegal, I, I have England advancing. And uh, then France and Mexico. Again, same sort of deal. Mexico, cursed, can't make it out of the round of 16. And facing up against France does them no favors. Uh, defending champs still look strong, in, in my opinion, at least. Um, and I think that Mexico should not pose too much of a challenge uh, to France. And then Canada, Spain, I have it on the opposite side of the bracket as Connor, um, but I still share the same sort of sentiments that I think that uh, Spain is, aside from the forwards, the much better team. And so I, I think that Spain will prevail in that matchup. And then Portugal, Serbia, this is tough um, because Cole Bjorn, as you mentioned, uh, Serbia, you know, we talked about it in the last episode that we both believe Serbia is, is highly underrated. And uh, if the stars align, it could, you know, bright things can be achieved by this team. 
against Portugal, it's tough because they're such a, a, a strong defensive side, one of the stronger ones in the tournament. And I understand your concerns about Ronaldo and team chemistry and all those, but I think that Portugal sh should be able to, to pull it out against a, a, a resurgent Serbia side. So when I look around my first side or my first game on the right side is England, Senegal. And I do think the injury concerns looming around Senegal are a bit too much to really believe they have a genuine chance. And also when I look at England, it typically comes out that they find themselves in the group stage. And by the time it hits the knockout stats, they find their true formation, how they really want to play. So I do think England will be in fine form and that they'll be able to handle Senegal very well. And then when you look at France, Mexico, kind of like we all said, Mexico and knockout games and in big games, they just cannot perform. So I see France walking through pretty easily with Belgium and Germany, who I have. I it's difficult. I don't think Germany necessarily always plays like exciting football, but I still think that with that Belgium back line, they just don't have that many great players. And I think Germany overall has the better side. So I think Germany will be Belgium. And I'm the only one who picked Switzerland to advance. So I have Portugal, Switzerland to end out the round of 16. And honestly, I do think Switzerland could do it. I somewhat agree with what you're saying in terms of Cristiano Ronaldo and possible chemistry issues with the side. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to do whatever he's going to do, and that's going to be scores. So I do think Portugal will end up advancing barely against Switzerland, but I could definitely see that being one of the games for the tournament. I certainly find it interesting. I think no matter what, I would have Portugal out in the round of 16 if I do have them qualify. Um, it'd just be interesting to see exactly where or what happens. Um, but with that being said, we, of course, get to our uh, – Quarterfinal rounds, I'll just, uh, I think we just blow through all the games here because we only have four quarterfinals and one of two for semis, of course. Um, so first of all, uh, for me, uh, Con and I are going to have the same first two games to talk about. So Netherlands-Argentina. Um, I think this is a really intriguing matchup. I think it's certainly one where Argentina could fall. It's definitely the hardest opponent that the Argentinians have had, particularly when I have Tunisia getting out of the group stage. And I think that there's a possibility that with such a cakewalk up to this point that the Argentinians could be upset. Um, however, I am going to stick with them as I do think that they're possibly pound for pound the best squad um, coming into the World Cup. So I think it's going to be um, a rough challenge to displace this side uh, so soon, particularly with Netherlands and it feels like it's a side that, you know, isn't quite where it needs to be yet. Like that, this is the Netherlands side that over the past few years has felt like they're on the right track, but they aren't quite where, uh, you know, they would be expected to be as one of the top global powers in football. So I think Argentina wins. I think it's a fun game. I think it's close. Uh, Spain, Brazil. This one's actually easy for me because we, I've said it with Canada. Spain does not have the attack. And when you come up against a really strong defense in Brazil, and on top of that, just the absolute well-rounded, like, incredible talent that they have, Brazil's winning this game. Not only are they winning this game, but I think they win this game comfortably because I just don't think that Spain has um, the resources to be able to keep up with this side. Um, the side that I actually do think pound for pound probably is the best talent coming into the World Cup. It probably would have been France if they didn't have so many injuries. England, Denmark. Now, this is an intriguing game. Um, I think that there is so much for Denmark to play for. I believe that Denmark and England did come against each other um, on the way to the Euro finals last year. Yeah, because Italy came up against someone else. I don't remember. I think it was Spain they came up against, but I digress. Uh, I do think that Denmark is going to get revenge and pull it out in this game. Um, this is just a really good side. It's so well built. The taxes are great. The, the unity of the Den uh, Danish side is great. And I think that there's holes in this English team. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is not a good enough defender, as we've seen for years, and it's really been highlighted with how poor Liverpool's been this season. Um, and I've never felt confident in England's number one keeper. 
And I, I feel like the the attack on the side is decent, but I feel like, you know, without Kane, that it's not as great. So I think Kane, if he's kind of shut out, it could kind of go quiet. So I think that Denmark's going to be able to find a way to get out of this game. I think it'll be tight. I think it's one that England will ultimately choke one way or another. That's not going to be a pure Denmark win. It's just going to be that England did something dumb that they shouldn't do or bad tactics from Southgate, which will then for that side's sake, finally get him sacked. So then they can get a manager that can actually win them the trophy. Uh, and then Germany, Serbia is my last game. This one was debating going with the underdog as well in Serbia, or at least what I think people would consider the underdog. But again, with my narrative with Germany, because with, with kind of how I see it with Canada, ultimately, I think that coming into this game that the Germans would actually surprise people with the talent that they're going to bring, because I think there would be a newfound confidence in this side after struggling in the group stage. And to be able to get a game past Canada where ultimately – it looks like that they could have fallen, but they went out, they, you know, they came and won. I think that's the type of energy and that type of excitement is something that Serbia is not going to quite feel. Um, so I think that Germany ultimately is going to be able to pull it out in this game. Ultimately, I do think that they have the better talent outside of the forward spot as well. So that will leave me uh, with my semifinals currently, which we'll talk about uh, after uh, everyone talks about their quarterfinals, of that being Argentina, Brazil, and Denmark versus Germany. slander but i digress um my first uh quarterfinal is going to be netherlands argentina and uh i'm actually glad you said uh what you said colbjorn about how this is likely going to be argentina's uh toughest team that they face uh till this point you know uh in their group stage they have mexico poland saudi arabia and mexico you know can do a little something but overall it's on the easier side of the groups. Um, and then Denmark is, for me at least, is not a, not a walkover, but still not necessarily a, uh, a huge threat. Um, but yeah, so going up against Netherlands, I think that there is potential for this to end up with, uh, for, to end up like, uh, the Japan-Belgium game from the last World Cup, if you recall, that Japan jumped out to a quick 2-0 lead, and it seemed like uh, we were in for a crazy upset, and then Belgium sort of collected themselves, got it together, and eventually scored two in quick succession, and then finally the third close to the end of the game. So I think that that's the type of game we're in for in regards to Argentina, Netherlands, but I see Argentina pulling it out. Germany, Brazil going to be a big highlight. Obviously the rematch of that dreadful 2014 game for the Brazilians, but I think that this time they have the squad, the talent, the, the determination to pull out the win here over Germany. Um, yeah, so I have Brazil advancing. It's tough to have them in the quarterfinals, but uh, I guess that's just the way my bracket shook out. And on the other side, England, France. Uh, yeah, just a bunch of concerns about the England team. Um, I, I am fine with Pickford, honestly. Like, I don't really have that many issues with him. I think that he actually does quite well in uh, in international performances. Um, so, yeah, not a, not a huge concern for me, but it's just that I think that the French team is a lot stronger than the English team in, in many regards. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think France is going to pull out the win there. Um, it won't be a comfortable win by any means, but I, I think a win nonetheless. And then Portugal, Spain, this one, is going to be must watch um the iberian peninsula rivalry i think it's i think it'll be a good one uh and they they played each other in the group stage of the last world cup and uh it was it was a pretty tight game and it eventually ended in a 3-3 draw ronaldo getting a hat trick in that one um 
I I think I just think that Spain really doesn't have much to speak of offensively. And Portugal has a little bit to speak of offensively. Both of them very strong defensive teams, but I think Portugal just has the edge offensively. So uh, I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a one goal game. Not really sure what the final score would be, but uh, I see it sort of being like a two one three two type situation. But I have Portugal advancing, so my semifinals would be Argentina Brazil and France Portugal. So for my first quarterfinal, I do have Netherlands versus Argentina. And I do find question marks over this uh, Netherlands attack because I think they're relatively inexperienced when it comes to big time international tournaments. Meanwhile, when you go up against Argentina, who now actually has a very good defense and obviously a very good attack, it gives them the edge. So I do see Argentina advancing through that into the semis. And then I look down and have Spain versus Brazil. Brazil... I can't speak enough of them of how great of a team they are and how high expectations I have. How do I do think Spain in a few years is, could debatably be the best team on earth? They're not there right now. Plus, I think their goalkeeping choice of not choosing David De Gea is a travesty. So I do think Brazil will go on and win that matchup. Then when I move over, I have England and France. This is where I see, I just can't see Harry Maguire not messing up, being a Manchester United fan. I saw it almost weekly when he played. Um, so I see him not having a great game against either Kylian Mbappe, Kareem Benzema, or a myriad of other players from this France side. So I do have France being England advancing onto the semis. And then finally for Germany, Portugal, ah, it's this was actually very difficult for me because I do like Portugal and I do like Ronaldo and I think he will be very upset with everything that's been going on but I think Germany overall is a bit more well-rounded they're going to have a bit more uh, experience playing in these big types of games so I do see Germany moving on so for my semis I have Argentina Brazil on the left and then France Germany on the right What I will say here is we're going into the semifinals, Argentina-Brazil. I think that this is definitely the game to define this World Cup. Um, it was kind of how I felt about, gosh, what was it, France-England? I believe it was France-England in the last World Cup. Um, but I feel like that this is certainly the game to define it. Uh, I don't think it's the two best teams are meeting in the, the, the finals here. No offense to Germany or Denmark, and I'll get into them. Um, but ultimately, Brazil and Argentina is are, are like two of the four teams that people have been talking about on having the best odds of winning. It's Brazil and Argentina and England and France. Like those are the teams that come to mind when people think that a team's going to win the World Cup. Um, this is hard, man. I'm not going to lie. Like it, it is hard to find between these two sides a true discrepancy or a true like reasoning to put one over the other. Um, so ultimately this kind of just comes down to a gut feeling for me. Um, and I feel like I stray away from my gut a bit too often on this. And it's something that I believe you and Rashawn and I talked about before here on the podcast where it's like my gut is surprisingly been right often and i don't like that but um it's one of those things where it's like i need to trust my decision making um particularly i will say because this is how i felt about the last big competition and ultimately i had the winner right from the get-go but i digress um or at least i think i did i digress again ultimately I have Brazil winning this matchup. Um, I think Brazil's forward line just edges out Argentina's for me. Um, I think that there's just a lot of incredible talent up there um, and a lot of fluidity that can kind of uh, be shown. And on top of that, I think ultimately Brazil has the slightly stronger midfield. Um, Particularly, I think if Casemiro really gets into form, he is one of the best central defensive midfielders in the world and can really show his talent in a matchup like this. Uh, and ultimately, um, I think there's a possibility that I'm wrong, and I can see that Argentina may want this more, but I think Brazil, uh, this is just a side that they've needed 
something like this, particularly after the embarrassment that was the 2014 World Cup. Comparatively to Argentina wanting it to be able to send Messi out uh, right, one of the best players of all time, Brazil needs this for the country as a whole. So I'm going to go with Brazil in a gut feeling. And then Denmark versus Germany is hard as well because I really like the build of Denmark. Uh, and I think that um, there is a possibility that Denmark could really uh, sneak uh, a win out of this game and make itself uh, put itself in the World Cup uh, game and for a possible last World Cup for Ericsson even as well, a player that we won't talk about too much, what a way to go out. But I think this is going to be Germany. Um, I, I, I've partly built the narrative on that Canada game, but ultimately a lot of this comes from the fact of uh, what I kind of said in the episode when we were talking about Germany as well, is I thought that this is a side that would get stronger as the World Cup went on. And if you keep this, if you let this side kind of stay in the World Cup, eventually it's going to find its strength. And I think that Germany finds its strength in this game. It's the most dominant they look in the World Cup to this point. And I think that they get the win over Denmark in a surprisingly decisive fashion to set up uh, what is genuinely a poetic rematch. Um, but this time at the grandest stage of the World Cup rather than the semifinals of that being Germany versus Brazil. And then in my third place game, I have Argentina versus Denmark. Uh, and we'll obviously get to that stuff after the individual awards. awards. But how are your uh, third place in championship games looking, boys? Uh, and Connor. Uh, I'll have uh, Argentina-Brazil on the left side semifinal. Um, I completely agree that this is the defining game of the World Cup. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a heavyweight bout bet between these two. Um, I, I just think Brazil is more complete overall, whereas Argentina's attack, it's strong. It's very strong. It's just slightly weaker. That's really the, the main difference that I have. Um, yeah, I, it's there, there's not much difference between these two teams. I will agree to that. Um, I, I I think Brazil is the team of destiny this year, and uh, I, I want to see them move on. And I think that there's a, a good chance going up against Argentina that they're able to do that. But it's it's not it's not gonna be a, a strong opinion either way. Like. Uh, Obviously, I could very easily see Argentina pulling this thing out. So uh, that'll be a good, a really good game to watch. On the flip side, on the right side, I have France-Portugal, which, judging by my bracket, I, I'm just not very happy with the right side. Like, it, it's, it's what I chose. And, and if it works out this way in the actual World Cup, I'm probably going to be a little bit disappointed because you see all, most of the heavy hitters are going to be on the left side of the bracket. You have Argentina, Denmark, Germany, Belgium, Brazil, Uruguay, the Netherlands. I, it's, it's a lot stronger on the left side than on the right. So when you have a semifinal in France and Portugal, I, I think that... At this point in the tournament, those things that you mentioned at the beginning, Colbjorn, that's where um, those issues do start to sort of surface. And I know you didn't have this problem because you didn't have France or Portugal advancing to the knockouts altogether. However, um, I think the, Fran the, the French injury concerns, they will start to become very real. You have a, a very strong team in uh, Portugal especially on, on the back half of the team. And it's going to be a, a bit difficult to, to penetrate that defense. And then on the flip side, uh, Portugal, I think that making this semifinal run, they've had to go up against, in my bracket, teams like Serbia and Spain. I think that'll sort of involve a lot of tightrope walking. I don't think it's going to be 
an easier, comfortable journey to the semifinals by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's going to be quite tough. And I think that they'll make it just by the skin of their teeth. Uh, team's not going to look super fluid, but they'll be able to get the job done in the first two matches. However, I just think France will be able to overpower Portugal in a head-to-head -head matchup. I will say, though, I anticipate this probably going to extra time at the least, if not PKs. Um, it's a, it's going to be rather tight, but unlike the Argentina-Brazil game, which I also think is going to be tight, this one I feel is just going to be because there are somewhat significant weak, uh, like flaws on both teams that are rearing their head in their matchup against each other. But yeah, I have France moving on. So my final would be France-Brazil and uh, third place game would be France, uh, excuse me, Argentina-Portugal. So for my first semifinal, I have Argentina-Brazil. And it's difficult, no matter how many times I look, to try and find a weakness in this Brazilian team. It's really difficult to find one. And it's difficult to find one in Argentina, sure. But I think in the midfield, it's a little bit weak. And I think <clears throat> I think goalkeeping-wise, the edge is given towards Brazil. I also think attacking-wise, although obviously Argentina do have Messi, I really think Neymar is coming for blood this tournament. So I do think Brazil will advance to the final. And then when I look over to my right side, I have France versus Germany. Um, it's difficult because I like a lot of Germany's players, and I know France is very injury-ridden. But I think Kylian Mbappe will once again show why he's going to be one of the best strikers of all time. And plus, they also have Ballon d'Or winner Kareem Benzema right there with them. I think they just have enough talent and enough experience to beat out this Germany side. So in my final, I do have France versus Brazil. And in my third place match, it will be Argentina versus Germany. So with that in mind, uh, we all have one team making it to the finals, and we'll ultimately talk about that. But I think let's go ahead and start off with one that, you know, though it's technically rude, I, I, I have played the position, so I'm allowed to say this. It's probably the most boring superlative to talk about, but the Golden Glove. Um, my uh, nomination for this is going to be Emmy Martinez, and I think this is honestly kind of an obvious one. Um, they're just not in a good group, and I think that it may not be that hard for him to be able to get clean sheets, particularly when he's also coming up against Tunisia and I even think Netherlands. Um, I think that there's a good chance that Amy Martinez is going to be able to get enough clean sheets to be able to win the Golden Glove. Winning the Golden Glove, but this is also when uh, I, you know, I had mistakenly put Belgium on the other side of the bracket. So I had them going into the semis, and that would obviously have given Courtois more of a, uh, more of a chance to prove himself. Um, but now that I have him get, getting knocked out in the round of 16, um, I mean, I, I do like the logic behind uh, Martinez. Um, I'd say there's, there's a chance that um, Ederson might be able to, uh, to win the, the Golden Glove. Um, it's, it's really not an easy group by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, it's a lot of, they're going up against a lot of high powered teams, but I think that regardless, he's still going to make some, some really good saves, really sharp saves. And I think he's going to, uh, have a lot of highlight real plays that, that may just give him a nudge. I think. My top two candidates are from the same team, either Allison or Ederson, depending on who gets more minutes. I think no matter what, they have the best defense in front of them. And not even a, uh, when you look at that back line, but even above that, they have Casemiro, who's in superb form this season. So they, so they really just have a brick wall in front of them. So I think it's pretty easy to see. And honestly, even if their, their defense does allow a couple shots in on goal, which is inevitable, it's 
the ball will either come to or have to be stopped by two of the four best goalkeepers on earth right now. So I think it will either go to whoever Brazil chooses to have more games, either Allison or Ederson. Absolutely. Uh, for the Young Player Award for the World Cup, I have a three-way tie with this. Um, one ultimately is a dark horse. Uh, and the, the second candidate I list is ultimately going to be the guy that I am going for. I'm actually going to highlight who I'm going for with these um, because I've, you know, I have two where I list a few names. Um, but to go ahead and start off with uh, a name that I could see here, Vinicius Unior. Um, a lot of uh, pundits have been talking about it. Um, I think Vinicius is going to be one of the star players of this tournament. Um, and I think that ultimately, uh, if he doesn't win one award, he'll win the other. Um, so I will talk about the, you know, what I'm alluding to when I get there. Um, but ultimately, uh, I have, you know, the, I think there's a chance at Vinny uh, if he doesn't win another certain award. Um, I think that most likely it's going to be Jamal Luciana um, for Germany. Particularly if Germany does get far, they need to be able to have it off of someone's back. And it would most likely be off the back of Luciana. He is absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait for him to continue his growth with Bayern. He's just so fun to watch. And I think that he's really going to make a name for himself at this World Cup uh, and really kind of not put Bayern on the map, but if anything, put Germany back on the map for the country that it should be known for as a world power, not the country that got knocked out in the group stage after winning the World Cup. Uh, and then my dark horse candidate and one that I could certainly see happening as well as Jonathan David. Uh, it depends on how well the Canadian does throughout the group stage and in the first game that I have him there. But ultimately, uh, I think that he is one of the players that uh, I could see really kind of like getting uh, hyped up because there's always that one player out of the World Cups where it's like, this is your new young star. And that guy kind of goes somewhere. Um, you know, in 2014, we had Hamas Rodriguez. Uh, 2018, we had Kylian Mbappe. Uh, as I believe he was just starting to get towards PSG as well. I don't quite remember though. Um, but now uh, I think it's Jonathan David where you can see him moving to his own big side. So he is my dark horse for that award. Two-way tie. Um, Vinicius being one of them. Again, he's just been a bright young star in Europe. So I think that there's a you know, quite a decent chance that he performs very well in this tournament, has uh, a great introduction to the world stage, and then everyone can really uh, get acquainted with his talent. I also went with the Canadian. I went with Alfonso Davies. I think that he is also going to play a great role in Canada's success in the group stage, and I think that um, he'll he'll have something to say in the knockout rounds as well as they take on Spain. While they will, in my opinion, ultimately lose, I do think that Davies will have a pretty strong tournament uh, for Canada. For mine, <clears throat> I've decided to go with Jamal Musiala. I think, I mean, he already has nine goals and uh, six assists and 14 matches already this season in the Bundesliga. And so he's in peak form right now. And a lot of the players who will be playing with his national side are also his club teammates. So he's going to be familiar with a lot of them and how a lot of them kind of play. And so I think he's just in great form at a great time. I think he'll be able to carry that success in through the World Cup. Top score for me was actually pretty quick. And uh, uh, actually before we were uh, recording this, uh, I was wanting to look up, uh, you know, some of the superlatives and what some pundits were saying to see if I was crazy for thinking this. And a lot of pundits were actually going for it. So I'm very happy that I don't feel crazy anymore. Uh, but my top score is going to be Lautaro Martinez uh, for Argentina. So I have Argentina taking two awards home uh, during this World Cup. Uh, ultimately, again, they're in a really weak group, particularly weak in the defensive uh, half. So I think that there's certainly the chance for it to be able to go. And, you know, though you could opt for saying, you know, maybe Messi wins this or Messi maybe for a golden ball or anything like that. Ultimately, uh, even more than a goal scorer, Messi's an incredible creator. And I think with uh, all the talent that Lautaro Martinez provides, 
And even with a little bit of the rub of his getting, I believe, oh no, no actually this Lugian Alvarez got the, that has the number nine jersey, but I digress. Ultimately, I think with uh, Lautaro being able to get very consistent minutes for this team, he's going to be able to find the back of the net. Uh, there's a lot of sides that I think you can really expose the defense of. So I'm going to go with the young Argentinian, another player who makes his name and probably gets a big name moving the summer away from Inter Milan. Uh, I I see for the the golden boot that I I have a tie to a tie and first one is going to be Harry Kane. I don't know what it is, but recently he just uh, he does really well in tournaments. He won the golden boot back in the 2018 World Cup. He tied Ronaldo for the golden boot in the last Euro, and uh, he's the betting favorite to win golden boot this time. So. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a there's a strong shot. If you look at the teams in the group, Wales, Iran, USA, I think England is going to have a pretty comfortable time to score quite a few goals. And I think Kane's going to play a large part in that. Uh, I also have them going through two knockout games, so definitely a chance to add to the resume there. I also, the second one is, uh, is actually Ronaldo. Um, I think that the same sort of thing, Portugal is going to be in a somewhat high-scoring group. I think they're going to need to score very well in order to, to get the results that they want and, and pull out the victories. Uh, it's not like they have to score a lot to win, um, but I think it would just uh, it would make things a lot more comfortable, uh, extend games into two goal leads rather than one goal leads. And then also I have Portugal going all the way to the semis so i think that one extra match is going to give ronaldo an opportunity to potentially uh notch and tie kane there so those are my uh my co-golden boot winners so i've ended up choosing cristiano ronaldo for this and i think for a couple key reasons for one they have the ability to get him the ball. Obviously, Bruno Fernandes and Bernardo Silva are good up the middle, but you also look down the left and right-hand flank. I think they do have a lot of players who can deliver the ball into Ronaldo, and that's a lot of <clears throat> a lot of possessions that defense are going to have to worry about trying to isolate to prevent service to Ronaldo. I think another thing is is that uh, Ronaldo is not in a good mood right now. He's not very happy, and um, whoever side you take, it's pretty it's pretty easy to see that uh, he's not he's not doing well right now. And I think when he's upset, that's the best kind of Ronaldo that you will see. I think we've seen it happen many a times throughout his career, where he's kind of out for blood and out for revenge. So I think this could be a very good World Cup for him. And with that being said, we have the last superlative, which is the golden ball. Technically, we can announce this after the, our winners, um, but I'm going to announce it before. Um, only reason I say it is because oftentimes the uh, golden ball goes to someone who's on the winning uh, team for the World Cup, uh, but I digress. For the golden ball, for me, uh, I really think that it should be Vinicius Junior. I think that he is going to run this tournament. Um, he has been incredible in the in La Liga, and I think that this is just going to be a, a grander stage to be able to put his name on the map of, hey, I have fully arrived. Like, you know, for people that ultimately pay attention to soccer or watch La Liga or whatnot, we already know that Vinicius Junior has really kind of grown into his own with Madrid. But I feel like for even more casual soccer fans, that this is going to kind of be the anointing of oh, wow, Vinicius is one of the best in the world. Um, but though I think that he should win it, I could also see, and this is why I have the slash here, Neymar winning it because I could see the pundits really just kind of being like, oh, it's Neymar. Oh, Neymar did so much. And even if Neymar barely does anything, like that, they'll just give it to Neymar just because it's Neymar. Um, I find that a little bit less likely, but I do think that it is definitely possible. I mean... That type of stuff happens all the time. Um, but yeah, those are my top two. Ultimately, I do think Neymar is going to have a good tournament as well. It's just, I feel, I have a feeling that Vinicius is just going to dominate. Yeah, um, for me, sort of along the, the same lines that you mentioned, uh, I, I think that uh, Neymar is going to pull out the, the, the win for the golden ball. Um, 
yeah, I mean, Brazil, we all have uh, Brazil in our finals. So I think that does help it. Um, but yeah, I, I expect him to have a great tournament. I expect Team Brazil in general to have a great tournament. So I don't think that Neymar getting the golden ball is, is really all that far-fetched. Um, so, yeah. I've, <clears throat> I've gone for Messi to win the golden ball. Uh, even though I don't have him winning the tournament, I haven't played the same number of games, obviously, going into the third place match. I also think, I think a lot of the media will be kind of a lot on Messi and Ronaldo's case, seeing as this is probably their last World Cup for both of them. But also, I think the talent of this Argentinian squad, as you mentioned, Cole, he's not only a great goal scorer, but a very great uh, facilitator and, create, and uh, creates a lot of chances. So I could see him definitely finishing with the most contributions. And I think this would also be a tournament where he would try and cement himself as the greatest of all time. So I could see him trying just that extra bit more to get to get um to get that to cement himself in that status. So I do have Messi winning that. Oh, I can certainly see that as well. I heavily debated having Messi there just because of the you know everyone like oh it's Messi and you know I I don't think he he's not going to play well. I mean again it's his last World Cup, uh, so I think he'll go all out, but. Um, with that being said, though, I'll start off with my third place game before I get into my championship, uh, and we'll do that the same all around. Um, so Argentina, Denmark, I didn't take too much consideration in this. Ultimately, I think that if Denmark kind of loses, that they're going to run out of their steam. And ultimately for Argentina, uh, I think that if the side loses, they're going to be even more annoyed particularly if they're losing to freaking brazil so they will be livid and i think that this third place game would unfortunately be a routing for denmark though i'd like to see a good uh competitive match but i think argentina just routes them gets the third place finish and it's unfortunate for messi but that's how he goes out um in international play and then for the world cup germany versus brazil i mean this the I'm not going to lie when I kind of thought about this and ultimately as I've kind of been constructing, you know, the world cup and what I've been thinking, I, and, and it, this may be the wrong way to go about it, but I love the poetry of this beating, right? You know, eight years ago uh, in Brazil, they were embarrassed. They were given the beating of a lifetime only that of what now Barcelona can feel for them. Um, they were humiliated and were kind of left to pick up the pieces of a destroyed side by Germany. And then Germany went on to win the World Cup against Messi in, Argent in Argentina. Coming into this final, Brazil in like that theory is going to be tenfold. And any of the passion that Brazil is feeling coming up to this, trying to get to the World Cup championship game, is going to be tenfold because of who they're against. I'm not saying that they're going to dominate Germany. I don't think that that's going to be the case. Um, though, granted, I don't know if there's ever been a World Cup final where a team's been dominated. But what I will say is this. I do think that Brazil is going to have full control of the game. And I think that if Germany has a say in this game, it's going to be on counterattacking play. And there's a possibility that they could sneak in behind Brazil and be able to, you know, get a win that they may not quite deserve. But I don't think that it's likely to happen. I think Brazil controls the game. Maybe Germany gets the early goal and it kind of scares Brazil fans of, oh no, it's going to happen again. Um, but I think ultimately Brazil pull it out on top. If I was to give a scoreline, it'd probably be like a 3-1 or a 4-2 or something. You know, Brazil maybe having like a good 10-15 minute span where they just dominate the game and they get, you know, half or more of their goals um, to really just kind of cement uh, their position of play. And I think that Brazil uh, walk out of Qatar as your 2022 uh, World Cup champs. poetry there in your uh in your final it's a it's a shame that for 
the way my bracket was built, Brazil and Germany had to meet only in the quarterfinals. But um, yeah, for my bracket, third place game, I had Argentina, Portugal. I agree, suffering defeat at the hands of the Brazilians, it's going to be very heartbreaking for Argentina. I mean, not just because it's a it's a you know heavily competitive uh, competitive rivalry between them uh, in South American soccer, but also just the, the the passion of soccer fans in South America. I think it's going to be you know a gut punch uh, akin to to other really heartbreaking losses in the World Cup for South American teams. So. Um, I mean, no matter what the, again, as I mentioned earlier, that the right side of my bracket is pretty disappointing. So I, I really don't think there's any team that would emerge from the right side that would beat Argentina in the third place game after they had suffered a defeat to Brazil. Um, so it, it really couldn't matter who you pick. Take any of the, the teams on that side. I have Argentina beating them and, and taking third place in the tournament. And then for my finale, I have France-Brazil. It's not a matchup I'm super thrilled with. And on paper, you hear those two names. It sounds very exciting. Um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of entry concerns for France. They're coming in pretty banged up. Um, don't know how it's all going to fit together. Um, we'll definitely see. But... Again, uh, as I alluded to in my semifinal matchup against Portugal, I think the issues with those two teams will start to emerge and uh, they'll just run out of steam. So France, when it comes up to a well-oiled machine like Brazil, I think Brazil just takes it. So like you, Kobjorn, I will have Brazil as the 2022 FIFA World Cup champions. So for my third place game, I do have Argentina versus Germany, an obvious repeat of the 2014 World Cup final. And I don't know, I feel like I can just visually see it now, an image of Messi picking up the third place, third place medal. I I think Germany kind of loses, kind of like you mentioned earlier, Cole, how they kind of like lose their steam, how a third place team, like you mentioned, if Denmark might just lose their steam. I think Germany's ran their course by making it to the semifinals in the first place. And I think they'll be happy making it to the semifinals. And Argentina, they're going to be very passionate and very upset that they did not make it to the final for Messi. So I do see Argentina winning that game, maybe not dominating it, but I do see them winning it. And that leaves for my final, shockingly enough, France versus Brazil, much like you, Ishan. And I haven't really mentioned France's injuries concerns a lot because I don't think it will affect them too heavily until they hit this point. Uh, Brazil has a loaded squad. Their bench players could start on most other countries. I think I think France is bound to pick up a couple injuries throughout this tournament that will hinder them. And I think Brazil, they're going to have all the momentum and they're going to be doing it for Neymar because this might be his last tournament. A couple of their players, it might be their last tournament too, such as Casemiro and others. And I do just end up seeing Brazil winning this game. And it might not be super exciting, kind of like you mentioned, Ishan, but I do see Brazil winning it and being the 2022 World Cup champions. I do have to say, uh, first of all, with the the, the, the France sake for both of y'all, uh, I did do like research before and it's something I didn't mention up until now, but uh, I believe that we have not had the same team three, uh, say uh, any team, that made like the top three in the prior World Cup make that like, you know, for example, Germany not making it from 2014, 2018. My words are not getting uh, formed exactly how I want to in the sentence, but um, I don't think that we've seen, uh, you know, uh, a, a team be able to do that. So I think France being able to get to the World Cup alone makes me nervous. Um, but obviously I can't say much because I haven't going on the group stage. Um, but what I am going to say is this. I'm really nervous that we're all saying Brazil because it, it almost feels now it's like too much of a lock that we're somehow going to jinx it. So I am a little bit scared of that. But ultimately, uh, before uh, we kind of bid everyone farewell, at least for now, because we'll be back after, you know, maybe the group stages, maybe there's a big reaction uh, to a group stage game or some other things. Is there any final notes for the World Cup? Uh, Connor and Sean, that you guys want to leave the listeners with? 
Uh, we're, I mean, we're just a couple days out. I think the, the less than less than five days, technically, if you uh, had the whole clock up. Um, there's a, there's going to be just a couple sleeps away till we finally get some World Cup action. I'm I'm beyond excited. Um, being able to talk about it on the podcast with you guys has only heightened my excitement. Um, and it's also allowed me to do research into teams I wouldn't have otherwise uh, looked into. So I, I, there's a couple teams like Tunisia, for example, who I didn't know too much about, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing how they perform in this World Cup. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just excited. Um, I would say watch out for Group F. I think this is going to be the most turntable group ever. Honestly, I'm high on Morocco. I regret I regret not changing my bracket and changing my group stuff earlier because I am actually high on Morocco and I'm low on Croatia. But I expect Group F to be in a very exciting group and one of the more exciting groups. So, yeah. Also, go Morocco. They're my second favorite team. I'm rooting for them behind the USA for this World Cup. I will say, uh, for everyone listening, most likely being U.S. fans, uh, I said it in the first episode, I'll say it again, don't get your hopes up. Um, This is a side run by a manager that I don't really agree with, Um, but ultimately is also a side that has kind of had its own bang-ups and also maybe players that we should not quite have. But I digress. Um, Ultimately... I think the thing is, uh, and what I kind of want to leave off with uh, for this is that, you know, it's going to be a little bit more of a deeper note in a sense, but uh, I know there is a lot of tension now coming on the World Cup. Obviously, there's a lot of tension for being in Qatar in the first place. Um, I know there's tension with, you know, Qatar's views on life um, from a lot of teams and athletes. Um, and I believe that if they do express those views, hopefully that those athletes, those teams do stay safe. Um, and ultimately, with the world getting into a really awkward place this week, something that none of us expected, uh, certainly pray for Poland. Uh, but more importantly, pray for all the world players that are going to the World Cup uh, that none of this world tension really comes to the detriment of the tournament or that of the uh, beloved athletes uh, that are going into it. So a little bit of a somber note to ultimately end it on, but we have so much to talk about. We have so many exciting things that ultimately, this is not going to be the end of this uh, discussion of it. We'll have more and more to discuss. Excited to be able to do it. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all so, so very, very much for listening into another episode here of the 3304 Sports Podcast. And of course, as I said, if you missed any of the previous videos, please do... Uh, Look out through Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen uh, to be able to catch up to kind of get our opinions on all the teams. Um, obviously, we have a lot of football stuff that's going to be coming up. We have more of the pick series. Uh, hopefully, we, we may be able to get in a preview, or if not, we may talk about something else in the college football realm. Um, but all of that is in due time. So with that being said, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope you all are excited for more. I hope you all are excited for college basketball, as that's going to be talked about a lot here pretty soon. Well, that being said, I hope you all please do have a great rest of your day and take care.